0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Rosh Hashanah sermon by Rabbi Adam Kligfeld. As I was davening back there, Rabbi Chorney was leading, something caught my eye. It's a Temple Beth Am Rosh Hashanah bulletin from 2019, just sitting there on the shelf, almost teasing me. Announcing services in the Gainsburg Sanctuary and in the Gymnasium and the Dorf Nelson Chapel and Epic Chag and announcing the Beth Am trip to the south and Simchas Torah. Oi, Simchas Torah. One day, nearly everything on this bulletin will be back as it should be. (sighs) Some of you are used to my High holiday sermons No, I like to begin with a joke just to light up the room kind of to catch people's attention I can't begin with a joke this year I think we have to begin with a bracha and even if you've already said it when you lit candles or you already said it when you said Kiddush we must thank the creator of the universe, for bringing us to this moment because we very easily could not have arrived in this moment in this way intact. And I hope that you'll join with me. I won't hear you, but I'll feel you as we say the Shachiano together. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam the Kiamanu. I almost drowned one day. I grew up a swimmer, and I loved to ride the giant waves. The only hard part is getting past the breakers, the yam, as they are referred to in Psalm 93, which Cantor Chorney just sung. From the Hebrew word shavar, shin bet resh, which means to break. It was a blustery day on the Jersey shore about 15 years ago, and the sea looked rough, but I'm an ocean boy, and so I can handle it as long as I can get past those breakers. I went out a few feet, and within seconds, I was in water too deep to stand, right at the point that those Yam were breaking one after the other too quick. The placid place beyond the breakers was so close, but I couldn't get there. And the shallower water was feet away, but it was beyond my reach. I was using all my energy to push up vertically, keeping my head and my nostrils and my mouth above water that I had nothing left to push forward horizontally towards the shore. All this happened in under 30 seconds. And I really nearly lost my life. Now, the near drowning was all too real. But metaphorically, we are, all of us, trapped in Mishbarayam these days. We're barely staying afloat, and we lack energy to make progress. However good we were at swimming the ocean of life before 2020, so many of us are flailing now. Using every muscle group in our body to keep our head above water. 2020 and COVID and societal unrest and financial worry and emotional distress, they've been an equal opportunity tsunami. And I know from conversations with so many of you that we wake up and we hear the news and it makes it impossible to try to sleep the next night. Is my home safe? Is my air safe? Is my job safe? Will the world I knew ever return? And will it return on time for me? People have lost savings and friends and lives. Things are not okay, and we don't really know when they will be. I'm never going to forget the conversation I had this summer with a proud professional in this community, his income battered by COVID, who wept on the phone as he described his fear that he would lose his house, nor the chat with a generally blessed and fortunate colleague who said to me that at least once a day he sits down and cries. One member who came to the ark for one of those short blessing visits that we've been doing the last few weeks right over there told me, I wake up sad every day. So many are asking about this year and about this moment, how do I live this life? How do I stop the pain and the worry? We are amidst the breakers, yelling in our minds for the crashing waves to stop for those unforgiving breakers to just give us a break? How do we celebrate a new year and life itself when we cannot catch our breath? Perhaps my infatuation with Hebrew roots can help a little bit. And also a core image from the High Holiday Liturgy, and also Kintsugi, a unique Japanese art. First the root, Shin Bet Resh. In its standard form, lishpor, it means to break. In its intensive form, lishaber, it means to pulverize. And as I mentioned, we have the mishbereyam, the powerful sea breakers that give no pause and they're hard to survive and hard to emerge from. The core meanings of the root describe all too well so much of current human and American misery. And yet the root actually opens up like a lotus flower when you pay attention. Because Shin Bet-Resh also denotes sustenance and nourishment. Kind of the opposite of ruin. You might have an image of Yosef, Joseph, Joseph, as, Joseph as the feeder of all of Egypt. According to the Torah, that role is called the Mashbir, a word that some of you may remember as the eponymous department and grocery store that used to sit at the top of Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem. To be mashbir, to give shin betrei, shever, is to provide for all of someone's needs. So the root connotes brokenness amidst wholeness. Or maybe better, wholeness despite brokenness. Now light itself is illuminating. Health and wellness and thriving are blessings in their own right. But light from darkness? That's a revelation. Health from illness, wellness after struggle, thriving in the aftermath of suffering, these are miracles. And they're all within those three letters. Believe it or not, being born is actually part of our Shin Bet Resh root as well. The word Mashber, built from that root, means crisis, and that seems appropriate, but it also means, wait for it, birthing stool. The midwife would perch on the mashbear stool, witness to the mashbear crisis of the woman in labor, and coax new life and new breath out of that moment. The wordplay might be giving us a pearl from across the etymological centuries. The breakers are all around us, and they're more inescapable than ever. And the people we are still in the midst of becoming the lives we have yet to live are inextricably linked and perhaps even enriched by what we are suffering through right now. There is hidden nourishment in this brokenness, and our job is to find it and extract it like diamonds encased in coal. Because in this shever, this broken moment, we are on the mash bear, still being born, by Jack Reimer tells that at some point during the summer, COVID boredom and headline overload nearly drowned him. And after spending days walking up and down his halls and watching all the Netflix he could, he decided he was going to call some old friends. And one day he decided to call Stanley Goodblatt, his oldest friend. They hadn't been in touch in years. He had to look up the phone on the Internet. And Rabbi Reamer, a rabbi in his early 90s, said he felt excited and giddy as he dialed the number. The phone picked up, and a strange voice answered. It was Stanley's wife. Can I speak to Stanley? First, there was silence. And then he heard, Stanley died six months ago. Rabbi Reamer says that he mumbled some words of comfort and hung up. This intended act of kindness and hoped-for pick-me-up initially sent him deeper into the sea. He badgered himself. Why didn't I call him through all these years? Was I so busy? Did it really take a pandemic that I should be in touch with my best friend? And then, as he describes it, a shift. A move from shever broken to mash beer and mash beer, sustenance and birth. Rabbi Me- Reimer made a vow, which I believe, that he would spend the years he has left connecting with as many people and old friends as he could. Never again would he regret not being in touch. He couldn't reach Stanley, but he could reach so many others. For Rabbi Reimer, some light came out of this darkness, some wholeness mashbir emerged from broken shards shvarim. And you might even say that precisely when so much was lost and so many were dying, something new and wonderful was being born inside him. The image of new life and new birth resonates powerfully with this very day, Rosh Hashanah. Hayom Harat Olam. We often translate it as today is the birthday of the world. The holiday of Pesach, our first major holiday in COVID, marks the odometer of the Jews one more year since redemption, but Rosh Hashanah marks the odometer of the world, one more year since Breshit creation. The phrase in the Machzor when we sing it, comes right after the shofar blowing in Musa, and it suggests potential, as the world is born anew. According to a crazily evocative midrash in the Talmud, the shofar blast represents a baby's first cry. Like a woman who has suffered miscarriages, and stillbirths, for whom that first cry is a miraculous sign of vitality and viability. The Talmud imagines God trying over and over and over and over again to create the world in vain, trying to pull something out of chaos and nothingness. But even for God, that task is hard. I quote from the Talmud, each and every year on the day of the world's birth, the Holy One sits upon the mighty throne, the supernal mashber, birthing stool, and does not pay heed to Israel or to the world until God hears the blasts of the shofar, like the first cry of the baby. Ah, this one will live. Immediately, God's heart is opened and mercy flows. Hayom harat Today the world is born. This moment is pregnant. We are somehow in the womb, waiting to be born, and there are no guarantees. And we are the womb, fostering and nourishing life in uncertain circumstances. Worry abounds. We don't know if or how we will live through it. The mosh-bear birthing stool waltzes a chaotic waltz with a mosh-bear crisis as we try to extricate ourselves from mishbureyam, the sea's crashing waves. It's a moment like me on the New Jersey shore when just breathing does indeed seem like a triumph. There are times, kind of like these, when we're dealing with things that are so overwhelming, coming at us so quickly, I don't know about you, but in such times, I sometimes just feel paralyzed, stuck, trapped, shavur, broken. Which brings me to katsugi. In the late 15th century, the Japanese art of kintsugi, or golden repair, was developed. This art form fixes cracked pottery and ceramics with gold. The chip or the crack is not hidden. The pot or the vase is not thrown away. The imperfection is glorified. It is gilded. The art form would not exist without the shvarim, the cracks, the breaks. These repairs often resulted in making the original object far more beautiful. And it certainly gave the object a new chance at life. You... And me, all of us. We have to be Katsugi artists. Now more than ever. We gotta try that art form. I wanna quote my sister, Dr. Jennifer Novick, who wrote beautifully about this topic last year in a draw she gave at her school in Massachusetts. Quote Many of us in this room look at ourselves in the mirror and we see imperfections. We wear long sleeves to cover the place where melanoma melanoma got removed. We wear long pants to cover knee surgery scars. We buy clothes that cover stretch marks. But maybe we're seeing things backwards because it's our scars that tell our stories. They are marks of victory, of survival. And maybe we should wear them like medals The difficulties we endure and survive make us who we are. And in order not to see ourselves as damaged by our lives, maybe we can learn from the Japanese and heal our brokenness with gold. Take our life experiences, especially those with less than perfect outcomes, which are most of them, and write a gilded ending to the story. End quote. What's the end of this year's story? We do not deny reality or our own or others' pain by turning Shever, wreckage, into Mashbeer, sustenance, or Mashbeer, the place where birth happens. We can't undo 2020. We can't bring back lives lost or livelihoods lost. We cannot undo Zoom school and lost family reunions and empty sanctuaries and living masked. Those scourges are real, and they are still really with us. But can we try to be artists and fill the cracks with gold and force beauty to be born from this crucible? We've got to try, because there is, I think there must be, nourishment in every crevice. And of course, I'm aware this is a delicate thing, There is nothing easy about it. While one person is ready to see the possibilities and achieve the shore, others are still in the breakers. They can't even breathe yet. It can actually be unintentionally obscene to say to someone, it'll be okay for you when they are in Mashber crisis. So this is going to be hard until it's not. And we don't all rise to Katsugi level at the same pace but swimming towards that shore is the goal and it may be more within reach than it seems when we are stuck at some point during covid the modern jewish hero natan Sharansky, who spent years in a true quarantine in the gulag he shared some tips for surviving he said that one of the things that got him through was remembering that he was not alone he was not alone He kept thinking to himself, thus, based on the letters he would get and the whispers he would receive, a lot of people in the world care about me and are with me. And though he suffered loneliness, we really cannot fathom. He was not alone. One antidote to loneliness is, if I may say so, God. You know the joke that Greenberg comes to Shul to talk to God and Goldberg comes to Shul to talk to... Greenberg. I heard the punchline from all of you. Well, this year, whether you come to Shul or you Zoom to Shul, it might be the year to talk to God in your prayers, even and especially if you don't usually do so. This year, I think we must, because it will make us feel less alone and it will be its own gold filling in deep cracks. Another antidote, another way to be Mashbir, beer. Nourishing amidst the yam, the breakers, is to do something, anything, to break the paralysis of the productivity, to resist the urge for one more Netflix binge, but rather be a Rabbi Reamer and call an old friend. Start the home project you've been putting off. Adopt a dog, perhaps a paralyzed middle-aged cockapoo, just as an example. Consider a doable mitzvah that will help another. Doing work or just about anything can distract us from the heaviness and zap us back into life. And yet, another antidote to loneliness is community and shul and me. We, your clergy, your rabbis, your spiritual family, I hope it's not cliche for me to say with full heart that we are here for you, here for you, and we are with you. And our offer that you reach out to us does not expire. Our calendars and our hearts always have room for you, to talk with you, to hold you, even from a distance, to share with you our own fears through this moment, our own paralysis in the breakers, and to try to find a way forward and out together. Please, call on us. And speaking of those breakers, let's go back to me on the Jersey Shore. All these years later, I don't really know how I emerged. I don't. Some combination of a will to live and grit and belief against all odds and a lot of luck and mustering muscle power and breath capacity that under normal circumstances I would certainly lack. Eventually, and really at the very last minute, I found a tiny bit of footing, and I pushed and I crawled forward. The beach lifeguard, who didn't see me initially, finally reached me as I just pulled myself out of the surf, face down, hands clutching the sand like that last-seen of that Sandra Bullock movie almost no breath left in me when I think about that moment I shudder I re-enter the paralysis what could have been what really almost was but there's gold in that crevice and there was something born out of that crisis a few weeks ago I started teaching Lev how to navigate that part of the ocean as I've taught his sisters. And now that he can swim confidently, he is ready for those breakers, the Mishpurayam. And I honor my earned fears of that very place. And with my son, I surpass them. I teach him, have a healthy fear of the sea because it's powerful. But so are you. You walk out just to where the waves are crashing. Don't stand still. They will overwhelm you. And if you turn away from them, they will crash down on you, and you will tumble and be confused and not know where you are for a second, and you will gasp for air. But if you swim up the wave just before it crashes, it can carry you. You are more buoyant than you realize. He and I and all of us must have rational fear of what can harm us. And like a midwife crouching on a mosh bear, we can and must coax life out of chaos. Find the vessel that holds you afloat on stormy seas. Be that vessel for yourself and for others. Turn your traumas into new beginnings This year, when the shofar blows shivarim, meditate, meditate on what is breaking this year. That's appropriate. And pray towards what is birthing in this very moment. I really miss you. I really love you. And I wish you a shanah